Welcome to Make Your Difference, the marketing and mindset show for people focused on making their difference and optimizing their own and others' well-being. It's great to have you here with us on the show, and I've got another fantastic guest to bring you today. This time, it's someone else who's a specialist in an area of marketing who has supported a range of well-being organizations. Rich Stevens runs a web agency called Anorak Cat. I know it's both an unusual and a memorable name and perhaps hints at the creativity that his team brings. He supports people with the creation of a website that's just right for their target audience. So if you're interested to discover what some of the aspects of a great website are, or if you're looking to create a new one, whether that's redoing your existing site or creating your very first one, then keep listening. As well as talking to us about websites, Rich shares his knowledge about marketing a successful business, including his use of partners, and even touches upon what's worked for his own mindset and his well-being. He recommends some great books too, so make sure to listen out for those. Enjoy the episode. So thanks very much for coming along today, Rich. It's great to have you. Great to be here. And yeah, obviously you're very much involved in helping people with their websites. And I find that most people feel that having a website is something that is super important for their business. Why do you think that it is that people feel that having a professional website is so important? Well, people form opinions of you and your business in split seconds these days. And if you've got a website that isn't professional, if it takes like ages to load, is difficult to navigate, or you've not got a clear message, really poorly written content, or you've got a logo that's been knocked up by some online logo creator, then their opinions, their first opinions aren't going to be very great. Your website's somewhere where your potential customers can come out, find all about you and find out whether they can trust you. You can influence them without, um, without any distraction. Mm-hmm. They've not got the noise of social media, you know, your Facebook feed. We're not seeing business posts on Facebook feeds at the moment, so it's really hard to, to be seen. So on your own website, you're not fighting against videos of cats and things like that yeah, so it's, yeah. it's an opportunity to, to build trust to make that sale and if you haven't got a professional website then then you're doing yourself a disservice really you can get results without them but people are more likely to want to work with you if you do have a professional website yeah i totally agree with you in terms of first impressions because i found someone actually who i know and i had met her not through her website and um, went on to see her website afterwards and was reflecting actually if that was the first impression I'd had of her, it would probably have made me walk away. And I think people don't often see that, that if somebody knows absolutely nothing about you and your website is the, is the very first point of view that they have of you, making sure that that is exactly how you would want to be yes. seen. It's, it's awful to think about that, isn't it? It's awful that people yeah. make judgments so quickly, but you know, it's, it's true. It's just... Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it may not actually be a reflection of the quality of the work you're doing, but it's uh, uh, interesting that people do form those very, very quick judgments about other people as a result. And in terms of people wanting to sort of getting started right at the beginning of their business, you sort of touched upon that a little bit, but why do you think that often is one of the first things people want to have in place? I think it's like a validation thing, isn't it? It's it's like a badge of honor, like I'm a real business now. I've got my own website. And a lot of people, if they're looking for a solution to a problem, they're going to Google it. They're not really going to look on Facebook, try and search on Facebook. It's horrendous. Um, but on Google, you know, your website's going to show up and that's where people are searching for solutions to problems. It's where people find most of their information. So people realize that you've got to have a website pretty soon. You know, if it's not professional straight away, it's not, it's not a problem, but you've got to start getting one, start building that online presence. Interestingly, I think people sometimes 
don't appreciate quite how hard it is to rank on Google, which is probably something we can yeah. touch, on, touch on a little bit later on. But, um, but yeah, no, I agree. That seems to make a lot of sense, doesn't it? That you want to be visible, at least where people are looking. And could you briefly tell us as we sort of get going, what prompted you to start supporting people with their websites? Yeah, yeah, sure. So myself and my wife, we, yeah, we work together, Amy, in our team. We've got different backgrounds. I'm from an IT background. She's from a psychology background. But we realised that together we've got a really valuable skill set. I spent a lot of my life building sort of internet sites for large corporations. And Amy's been always supporting people, taking care of people, making them feel valued in her job. And we can bring those together in a really powerful way, then in a way that so many web designers we've seen just fail to do. Um, mm. Proved now, I think we've got a successful combination in the, um, the building of the websites, but also taking the ongoing care of websites and taking care of the clients as well going forward. We don't leave people high and dry. Like, no one gets left behind. Yeah, great that you've got that blend between the two of you to be able to work together, because I think that's it. Sometimes people kick off and they've got some of the skills, but they need to kind of look outside to get that full complement. So great that you've got that from the get-go, that the two of you can work so well together. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. that's great. And obviously choosing how you're going to create your website is a big job. What do you think is really important for people to have in place before they start going on their new website? Like in an ideal world, you have your branding ready, you'd have a full strategy You'd have your content, your photography already before starting to build your website. But in reality, that's not always possible. But everyone can have a plan. You need to make sure you understand the goals, you know, what you want your website visitors to do yeah. when they yeah. visit your website. You can get a sitemap drawn up of all the, you know, all the pages you need of your website. Basically, you can't over plan a website. There's just so much pre-work you could do on it. You could go on forever. But as long as you, you, you understand what you want people to do on your website, I think that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah, and I think sometimes as well for me, it's being really clear on which the different groups are that are going to be using the site because mm. occasionally people go down sort of one track and the site is absolutely perfect or as good as they can get it for a particular user group. And then they kind of forget that actually there might be a very different persona that might be using the site yeah, as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I totally know what you mean in terms of you can't do enough planning because I've been pulled in on projects quite late on. And you end up then unraveling the planning in order to get the, the site finished and over the line. So the more that you can do up front, I agree that the, the easier it is to, to get going. And in terms of sort of obviously touched upon one, one mistake people can make, but what do you see as um, some common mistakes that people make when they're, they're going through that process of creating a website? Uh, well, we see, I see a lot of people making websites where they're talking all about themselves. You know, it's all me, 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 but or talking about um, talking about the business with meaningless cliches you know when you're saying we always put the customer first like yeah if you don't put the customer first then you know that's not a great thing is it so no one cares no one cares about reading these things about you yeah um, you know, it's, it's horrible to say but you've got to be talking about the problems you solve to make people want to find out more about you you've got to have the clarity in your message and i just see so many people starting the websites without the clarity in the message without understanding those problems um mm. keep your website keep the content short, simple. People don't read websites. They just, mm. they just scan them for the good bits. Yeah. They're massive chunks of text. Yeah. People have been told like, oh, you've got to have 800 to 1,000 words to be ranking for Google. But yeah. in reality, Google's smart. Google knows what you're talking about. It doesn't need that many words. You just need to be providing service. You've got to be providing value. If Google can see you're doing, you're doing that, then naturally you'll rank. And that very much ties into something I was talking to um, Carly Keeley about the other week. She okay. um, was talking around content and people focusing on what they do 
as opposed to what it gives people. So the benefits Absolutely. and um, I think people can get a little bit stuck with the copy and they end up almost you know, writing a whole description of their services and things as opposed mm. to really connecting emotionally with the person and what it is they're actually wanting, you know, the end goal they're ultimately really looking for. Yeah. So no, I think getting that copyright is so it's important. Using words that are industry specific that your customers might not even know about. Mm. You know, jargon is just it's another way to just switch people off immediately. Yeah, yeah. Getting that copyright, I think, is so, so important. I think another issue that I commonly find is that people underestimate the amount of work that's involved. So particularly with things like testing the site or coming up with that, like you were talking about having all the content and the images and things. I think people sometimes think I can do that in a day or, you know, weekend or whatever. And actually the amount of time it takes, particularly if you're wanting to get it right for the, the audiences and make sure that it's all, it's all really engaging to people. And like you're saying, not too long and all the rest of the things. I think people do sometimes not see it as a huge project. And I've worked on some really big web builds and actually, you know, making sure that the timeline is, is realistic. You know, makes it something that's quite enjoyable to work on as opposed to something where everyone's pulling all-nighters to get it over the line. So uh, so that's that's one thing that I sometimes yeah. see comes up quite frequently. And in terms of specifically people who are looking at redesigning their existing websites, what do you think are some of the important considerations for that? Well, when it comes to redesigning an existing website, I guess you need to understand what it is about your current website that isn't working. Use analytics, find out, you know, what pages are being looked at, what aren't being looked at. Speak to your target audience that might be previous or current customers. What drew them to you? Maybe ask them if there was anything else that they would have liked to have known about before, before they started working with you. Um, check out your competitors too. You know, well, what are they doing that you can do better? Mm. You know, it's always a good starting place. Look at competitors and just try and be better than them. Yeah. So challenge yourself yeah. to be better than your competitors, basically. And I like that when you said about talking to your target audience, because I see um, mm. that's something that I've done in, in many roles that I've had where we're getting direct feedback to really understand that sort of customer journey so that you're pulling the right information onto the site and, yeah. and also using some of the words that the customers use to describe you as opposed to how you internally see yourselves, because sometimes true. people see you in a really different way than you might see yourself. So that can be really useful. And, and I liked you mentioned about competitors too, because I think sometimes people get a little bit too kind of me too with websites and they're kind of thinking, oh, that one's better or actually I want to have that because they've got that feature. And, you know, I think making sure that yours is actually unique, it doesn't matter whether it's the same or different as other people's, but I do see a few too many of these where particularly with sort of smaller businesses where they want to be the same as X, Y, Z and you're thinking, actually, that's the wrong way of looking at it. You want to be yourself and you want your own uniqueness to come through as opposed to it being something that is very much similar to, to other people's sites, really. Exactly, yeah, spot on. Yeah. And in terms of obviously, there's lots of different ways that someone can go about creating a new website. What would you say are some of the key options that are available? Can you give us a bit of a, a rundown for people who might not be so familiar with what's out there? Of course. Well, there's so many options. You know, it's not an easy decision to make either. You can go down the DIY route, do it yourself, yeah. which can be a great place to start. You know, Wix, Squarespace, they're great for that. Or even Shopify, if you're more of an e-commerce business. They've all got templates, they vary in quality. Some can look really pretty, but maybe aren't great in helping you convert your visitors into customers. Actually, WordPress now has also become a bit more DIY friendly with, um, uh, there's a lot of new page builders out there, like there's Divi and Elementor and Viva Builder. So mm -hmm. WordPress is now a DIY option too. So when it comes to getting someone else to do your website, there's again, plenty of options for outsourcing that. You can get, get your auntie's next door neighbor's son that's just mm -hmm. doing his BTEC. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard that a few times and it just 
that's probably the worst one. <laughs> that one never ends well. Yeah. You can even go find someone on um, Upwork, Fiverr, with wildly variating results. Yeah. Um, trust reviews, trust referrals from previous customers. Just find someone you can trust. We started off, it was just, well, it was just me starting off with just making websites. We've yeah. now got a, a small team, but there's agencies of so many different sizes, you know, from two to three people, remote agencies to 50, 60 employees. It's just about finding the right agency or the right solution for you. If you are outsourcing it, yeah, follow yeah, yeah. reviews, get feedback. Yeah, there's no real right answer to the best way to do it, though. No, no. And I think it does very much depend on what it is that you're looking for. But I, I totally agree. If you can find someone that is referred to you, that's a really mm. big deal. And if you can't, mm. that you find someone. And how I came across you guys when I originally met you was because I, I liked somebody's websites. And so I sort of asked them who yeah. created it. And actually finding a website that you like and then speaking to the person who has had that created and finding out what their experience was like, I think can be a, a good starting point. But definitely don't just sort of go for the first person you find. Like you say, if, you know, if it's someone who it sounds too good to be true, you know, it may well be. So make sure that you get thoroughly check and make sure you're checking the types of sites they've done and actually looking at the quality of their work and, and seeing whether that matches with with what you're wanting. And when I've got someone in for a consultation, one of the questions I'll always ask them is, are you speaking to someone else? Just because yeah. Yeah. you've got to, got to check out what other people are saying. You can't just yeah. take... Just my word for it. <laughs> no. And I think also it's that personal, like like with any outsourced business, you know, with, with a website, you're going to have a lot of to and fro. So it's not one of those things you can outsource, forget about it. And then suddenly the final product is, is, is released mm. back to you. So I think finding someone that you can actually get on with, that you can have a good conversation with, that you feel how you have a positive relationship, I think is important. And sometimes that's hard to assess with things like Fiverr or Upwork. Absolutely, yeah. You don't get to work that out very easily. So yeah. I think that is a, an important consideration for sure and in terms of maybe some of the disadvantages of working with an agency obviously that's not necessarily uh, something that's uh, uh, top of your mind but what might you say what those might be so disadvantage of working with an agency probably i mean it's going to be cost isn't it it's gonna it's gonna cost you a lot more to work with an agency yeah, um, yeah. and it's knowing who to trust again and probably say time as well because actually you know, people think they can get a website, you know, mentioned earlier, people think yeah. they can get a website within you know, a couple of weeks and it's done. Yeah. But in reality, that's not the case. It's going to take a while to get, you know, to get a proper job done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that to, to me, they're actually almost one of the advantages of going with an agency because they do tend to know the timelines. So it might take a bit longer, but if they say to you, it's going to be three months, it will be done in three months. Whereas, yeah. you know, I, I've done some websites myself. It's not my thing really, but I've, you know, I've doubled the websites because I find it useful to understand how to build them. And it always takes so much longer than you think. The little details and tweaks and things that if it was something you were doing day in, day out would be simple and a couple of seconds you know if you're unfamiliar with it even if you're using those templates that you mentioned they can be a great starting point but actually if you're quite particular about how it looks like I am then actually it can take quite a long time to get it over the line so um yeah interestingly that I think can be one of the advantages is you, you have a bit more clarity of, of when it's likely to go live if you go through somebody like yourselves and in terms of your particular clients are there any people that you've worked with in the sort of physical or mental well-being space? Obviously, as you know, with the Make Your Difference podcast, specifically focusing on people who are helping others with their physical and mental well-being. Anything that you sort of worked on within that space? Yeah, we've got a few, actually. We've worked with a couple of nutritionists, got a personal trainer. 
we've got two osteopaths, a chiropractor, got a dance school, a football school, mm-hmm. a hypnotherapist, a few coaches. We've got an expert in burnout as well. Oh, right. I mean, that's, you know, that's quite a relevant thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. And any kind of commonalities that you see within sites for, for people in, in that space? I guess probably one of the most recurring themes we have is that people have been let down by others. Mm. You know, as I've mentioned before, there's, you know, web design industry has got a bit of a bad name. It's not regulated at all. There are a lot of, a lot of people just do it as a, like a side hustle. And inevitably it it means that a lot of people get let down. Mm. Uh, You know, there's so many horror stories I can tell you. But I guess more recently we're, we're kind of attracting more established businesses that, that it's best for them to outsource and because they don't want the headache of doing it themselves. So we're not getting as many people that have been burnt by other people now, but it's, you know, mm. it still does, it still happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. And there's obviously all that ongoing maintenance, which I think people, when they first start out with the website, don't necessarily consider. And I think when you're, when you're outsourcing it, you've then got that effectively catered for, haven't you? You've got someone who's an expert who can help to make sure that the website is, is optimised, as opposed to that being something that you're having to keep thinking about. I mean, that's one of the problems with, with WordPress. You know, we use WordPress and we'll shout about WordPress till the cows come home. But ongoing, it does take a lot of maintenance. You've got to know what you're doing. Um, mm. You can do it yourself with guidance, but in reality, people don't. Mm. They see that the website's there, it's online, so it must be fine. But there are things you've got to be doing in the background and, you know, taking yeah. care of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So just kind of we end this section, I wonder if there are any top tips that you've got for people who are looking to create a great website. What would be some tips that you might give them? Top tips, I would say, being prepared. I mentioned it earlier. Just make sure you've planned everything. If you're working, if you're outsourcing, you know, make sure you've done your research, you've found someone that you can completely trust, that you've checked out, basically. And again, just mentioned it earlier as well, just make sure that you're focused on people's problems don't make it all about you. Excellent. And I think that's a great way to sort of end that section on, on websites specifically. So I'd be really interested to change the subject now over to marketing. As someone who's obviously run their business for a little while now, I'd be interested to know your views on marketing in general. What would you say is key to successful marketing for you? Key for me is just simplicity. I'm a massive fan of um, Donald Miller. So his books, was it Building a Brand Story and Marketing Made Simple, two really great books um yeah. it's about keeping things simple telling people how you can help them solve their problems and then using that everywhere in your marketing you know on your website in your lead generators when you're networking in proposals just basically you're always talking about how you solve their problems not talking about your own story but getting your clients to be the hero of their own story not confusing people i mean we mentioned it earlier not confusing people with clever or complicated language just make navigating through your website the easiest thing ever restricting choice for people people if they're given too much choice they get confused and they don't choose mm. anything you know yeah. if you can use make sure next steps are always super obvious call to actions you can do so much with just a really simple funnel yeah. you know having a lead magnet build a list build an email list mark zuckerberg can't take away your email list from you <laughs> You know, build that and then you've got that and you can always be emailing these people with value yeah building trust with them that's great and i think that's it simplicity it's funny how people sometimes overcomplicate marketing and actually coming back to things being simple like you say and making sure you've got 
really clear messaging that you're then playing out in multiple different places rather than it being something that you're sort of making up each time you write something, you know, having that clarity that you can come back to. Funnily enough, that navigation piece is something we haven't really touched on so much so far, but actually I really like what you say around making sure that the next steps are clear because I found that on websites sometimes where, you know, the website's great, but actually you almost end up down a bit of a rabbit hole and it's been quite a nice read and then you click off and you go to another site. So having that that really kind of clear user journey through the site, I think is something that that definitely makes a a lot of difference to making sure that people are engaged and, and stay on your site for as long as possible. Exactly. When you've got them on your site, make the most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And one thing I'd like to ask you, what you have actually found to be the most effective marketing channels for you? For us, it's pretty much at the moment anyway, well, it has for the last few years been referrals. So these might be from like current clients that have been really happy with the work we've done with them. Or for other businesses that we've built relationships with, we've got marketing experts, branding experts, photographers that will, and copywriters that will come to us with clients that they're working with to help them build a website so in fact we don't we don't do any paid advertising nothing like that we'll do you know amy does a really great job on instagram she's really good she's she's given a lot of value there which helps a lot but in terms of marketing it's all about to it's we're just we're not it's not even real marketing i guess we're just talking to our existing clients we're letting them know that we've got a referral scheme and they do it all for us. Yeah, that's great. Which is a really, really good position to be in. But it's not something, you know, we can't really rely on that forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you talk about partners because actually that's another part of marketing, right, where you've got a network of partners who are doing complementary things to you and then they're effectively bringing people through and referring them on to you. So I do see that as slightly different than past clients referring people on. If you've got a network of experts that are actually part of a partner network, then I, I do think that is a, a, an important part of marketing too. And it obviously seems to be be working well for you, which is great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of our favourite ways of working actually because when a professional like branding agency or a copyright comes to us with a client, then we already know that that client is serious about the website because they've already engaged with a professional in one of the other sectors. So yeah. we know that it's going to, you know, it's going to be a good one. Definitely. And is there anything that you think people who run their own business could get distracted by with marketing, things that people should potentially look out for and try to avoid? Yeah, it's just about focusing on one thing at a time, you know, avoiding shiny objects. You don't do every social media network that's out there. Everyone's jumping on Clubhouse. Yeah. You don't have to. If you just don't do one well, don't try and spread yourself amongst everything. I think sometimes people do try and do everything, don't they? And actually, if you're a small business, particularly, you, you really want to be focused. And even if you're a larger business, making sure that you're being strategic and knowing what the purpose is of each element. So you're not just jumping on something because it's there, but you're jumping on it because it is actually the right place to find the people that you're actually looking for. So uh, how about mindset? Moving on to mindset now. What have you found helps you with your own mindset if you're facing either challenges with your business or if you're working on getting client projects completed? Mm. I'm really lucky to be like working with my wife and it means that we can face our challenges together in work. But we've also had two brilliant business coaches now along the way. And I think it's really important that if you can work with a really good business coach, then I think it's one of the best things you can do in your business. But I suffer massively with like imposter syndrome. Finding ways of stopping this from restricting the growth of our business I think you mentioned earlier about comparison I try not to compare myself with others because like, there's so many people out there that are obviously obviously better than me at what I do but you can't just compare yourself because you're never going to be happy are you 
mm. le- and not learning and learning not to care about what other people think as well. I think yeah. is a massive one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting with comparison because actually everybody's unique and you don't see the full view of what everyone else is doing. You could like in your role, for example, you could see someone who's done an amazing website for someone else, but you might not know that the customer experience was terrible, where obviously the way that you've set up your business is to make sure that's part and parcel of what you're delivering. So yeah. I think you know, when people get caught up in this comparisonitis, I know I've, I've been there to myself, you know, it's kind of remembering that you don't know the full story. You know, you, you actually don't know um, what's what's going on with other people and remembering that everyone is actually really quite different. And what you're bringing to the table is is potentially really different to yeah. to others as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay. And in terms of sort of business habits, what positive business habits would you say have helped you the most? I'm a little bit obsessed with um, getting to inbox zero, which is probably not the most healthy of business habits to have. But um, another book I've read, Getting Things Done, yeah. David Allen. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of turned my productivity upside down. It's about if, if, I, if I wasn't following that, which I, have, wait, I hadn't been for, for years, but it's just so much going on in your head. Yeah. And that getting things done process it's all about closing loops getting everything down so that your mind's not just oh yeah what about that thing yeah ah, and that. if you've got everything down then you don't need to worry about stuff so i mean capturing everything is it's an important thing for me now that's probably my best business habit at the moment <laughs> yeah yeah that's something that i've developed as well is making sure that things yeah. are noted down so i'm not using my brain as a repository effectively because then no, yeah, exactly. it, it, it frees you up to think doesn't it, it frees you up to yeah. actually be present in the moment and, and it's not what our brains are made for is it no exactly and there's so many better tools than it as well yeah, for doing yeah. something like that so yeah. so you know that one totally makes sense to me as well yeah. great and obviously in the podcast episodes that aren't focused on marketing channels, I'm interviewing people who run various types of well-being business. So I'd love to ask you just before we close about your own well-being, what habits do you have to support your own wellness, whether that's physical or, or mental? Well, I mean, since middle of last year, we've started booking all of our new website builds into time slots. So time slots that coincide with school terms. So with our aim that during the school holidays, we can actually get some time off to spend with our kids. Mm. you know that's what it's about isn't it yeah to be honest um, and each week one of us will you know we'll have a day off to spend with our littlest boy and he's not a play group it's about cherishing those times isn't it mm. i love that i'm doing a lot more exercise now than you so i think the whole like lockdown thing when everyone was out going for walks and stuff it's become a bit embedded you know i'm, I'm a bit addicted with closing my rings on my apple watch <laughs> um, which is helping me with my physical well-being yeah 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 and before the last lockdown i went up to um the wave in Bristol, it's like this artificial man-made wave pool where you can learn to surf and it's so cool. Mm-hmm. So that's something I want to get more into. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Maybe not have roller skates, but <laughs> not such a bad No, that doesn't appeal to me either, to be honest. But no, I think great to try new and different things though, like you're doing because mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's part of it, isn't mm-hmm. it? To introducing but, new, new things. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But my long-term goals are just to switch off all the notifications on my phone yeah i don't need that stop reading the news stop doom scrolling and where do you say these fit in your priority list right near the top now to be honest with you they're closer to the top than they've ever been i think this last 12 months has you know it's changed priorities of things and that stuff is right at the top now yeah and that's that's one of the things i'm finding actually that 
although obviously the last 12 months and lockdowns and homeschooling and things have, have not been great for many people, actually there yeah. have been some positive changes that have come about as a result. And I'm really hoping too that people hang on to those and don't just go back to business as usual and you know, as things start opening up. So I think that's great that you're that you're hanging on to the, the positives yeah. that you've created. Cool. So no, that's, that's fantastic. And as we close, if people are thinking of creating a new website, could you leave us with potentially sort of one or two sentences of final thoughts that they could go away with? Mm, so the books I mentioned earlier, you know, yeah. read, read, read Building a Story Brand, Marketing Made Simple by Donald Miller. You know, those two books will save you so much time, so much energy. Just keep things simple. Don't try and do everything. Start with the absolute minimum. You can build on it later. You don't have to have everything there straight away. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. And I think that's one of the things I found with, with websites. There's always another version that can come along. You're not producing a published book that's out there and can't ever be touched. You can really yeah. amend as you go. So that's a great one to close with today. No, thank you ever so much for that. Thanks yeah. for, for your time. And you know, thank you for sharing your thoughts as well, because I think there's been really great points that you've brought out that will be useful to people who are thinking about websites. You're welcome. You're welcome. Good to speak to you, Vicky. Yeah, thanks again, Rich. Thank you. Great. So thanks again for being with us today, Rich. Rich has shared a lot with us today, as well as the different options available when creating your own website. He's talked about the importance of being fully prepared when you're starting a new site, making sure you focus on simplicity as well as the clarity of your message, making your navigation and your user journey simple. So the next steps are always clear and so much more. If you're listening to the end, I'm sure you've got some interesting tips and ideas, whether these are new to you or things you maybe just need to keep reminding yourself about. As you may know, I'm just getting started with the Make Your Difference podcast. I'm talking to people who run well-being businesses of various different sizes, as well as the people who are experts in different areas of marketing who support them, such as Rich with his expertise in creating the right website. So if you've enjoyed today's session, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be really helpful for me and very much appreciated. So thank you very much for listening. And as always, go and make your difference.